We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. So today we're going to continue with the uh, series on supernatural. And so uh, we creatively named this one, How It Works Out, Part 3. Um, so let's just have a quick second, uh, quick minute just to recap. How do we end up looking at the supernatural? Why is this Why is this a thing for us? Well, for the last 18 months, we believe that God's been talking to us and inviting us to a level of intimacy uh, that we've we've not had before. And that intimacy is about knowing his presence, his transforming presence, being filled with the spirit of God that empowers me to live the way that he wants me to live. So you you may have had times where you've you've just known God was with you. Now, obviously, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. But there are undeniable times where we just know him being close to us. And sometimes that means that you get a change of perspective. You completely see things differently, how you were seeing them before. Or you've got this new inspiration to, to love. Um like you didn't or you just feel like you've been lifted out of the the turbulent troubled waters that you're in but most of the time it's about us seeing him clearer so that we can love him and serve him better and these times of coming into his presence it transforms us but then it enables us to be used by God so that he can transform the world through us and there's always the danger that we could miss this invitation to intimacy by going after what looks like good stuff. Um, I was remembering we did a workshop um, last year and at this workshop, we, we had this little um, task. Imagine Lifeline Church doesn't exist. Build your own church. What would what would your church be known for? Um, how would people join your church? What would get them kicked out of your church? How would you use your money and questions like that and um had some really good answers come back but the, the key theme of what people wanted their church to be known for was one be relevant to the needs of the community and two have good relationship and um those are great but it was pointed out to me by one of the group members afterwards she said it's strange that we didn't actually mention being known for the presence of god when you think about it it's like yeah that any any club could have good relationships and be relevant to what's out and about. What would make us different? And when you look at Exodus 33, verse 16, Moses is saying to God, when God says, you can go into the promised land, but I won't go with you. He said, is it not by your going with us so that we, I and your people may be distinguished from all the other people who are upon the face of the earth? If it's not your presence, what makes us any different? To anyone else and that's what he's offering us and sometimes we we get so caught up in in life that we we forget that he is here he is here he is in the room with you right now as you're watching this screen the god of all creation is here i i i so often forget that but not only is he in the room He's inside of us, those that have been filled with his spirit. Uh, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? That, 
the God that created everything has chosen to live within me. And that spirit that lives within me breaks out. He, he causes mischief through me. He, he reaches out to people and to the world that's around us. And what, so what's he up to when he's, when he's engaging in all this mischief? Well, he promised that he would fill the earth with his glory. And so his glory is his attributes on display. So that's what he's doing from inside me. He's reaching out and he's making people aware of what he's like. That's what he's up to. And we saw it with when Jesus walked to the earth as the, uh, uh, the first model of what it was to, to walk with the spirit inside you. When he stood up in that boat with the disciples and calmed the storm, that, that caused the disciples to be terrified because they'd just seen what they'd seen an, an attribute of God on display, his sheer power. Or when he's talking to the woman at the well and she's enjoying this kind of intellectual discussion. And then he says, but you have had five husbands and it's like the penny drops for her. And just the, the conversation just went to a whole new level because he spoke something that he shouldn't have known in the natural. And so God uses natural things and supernatural things that I think we make that distinction more than God would. But he uses things that, that we can't kind of work out naturally or to show what he's like. And now if we've been made to be naturally supernatural, we should also be able to flow in between the, the natural and the supernatural. And you think, if I've got the God of all creation living inside me, how could I possibly just be natural? It, it is impossible. I'm filled with the spirit of God. And so it says in, in Romans 8, verse 9, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God lives in you. And then on to verse 11, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. Wow. Man, let that sink in. The spirit of he who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. How could I just be natural? It's impossible. And we begin to see how this works out. And I've, I've used this story before, but the story of um, Lucy November, when she'd visited um, uh, a friend that she was uh, hanging out with and the, the children in the house were, were crazy. They're just bouncing off the walls and they, the, the, the woman just didn't know what to do to calm them down. And Lucy said, let's just let's just pray. And as she prayed, the peace just ascended into that room and the kids calmed down. And I just saw in that moment, in that story, that's the same thing that Jesus did when he stood up on the boat and he said to the, to the wind and the rain, be still. The same spirit that did it then is still doing it today. I could have the same experience that Jesus had with that woman at the well when I meet a colleague at the water cooler if ever I get back to the office. But that's all the thing, that's, that's what he offers us. And we've grown up in a culture that really values reasoning and the natural. And we're not quite sure what to do when something is unnatural or supernatural, how to explain it. But that's where we got to have our minds renewed 
so that we can see things the way that God sees things. Now, sometimes when we've talked about the, the gifts of the spirit, I've been in settings where it's almost like, oh, which, which X-man power do you want to get? And the problem with, with that approach is it disconnects the, the gifts of the spirit from the purpose of the gifts of the spirit, which is to reveal his glory in this earth, to show people what he's like. And so we always want to see that that's connected. And as I love him, as I'm intimate with God, I want to show people who he is. And I'll take whatever tool there is available to do that, whether it's spiritual gifting or natural reasoning. I want to reveal what he's like. So that's the purpose of this series is to really spark in us a hunger for the things that God's doing, a desire for more of his spirit and the ability to reach out to others and let him do what he wants to do through us. And so today we're going to look at the, the, the last three remaining uh, gifts of the spirit that were set out in 1 Corinthians 12. So we're going to talk about tongues, interpretation of tongues and the distinguishing of spirits. And like over the last couple of couple of weeks I'll try and share some stories so you see these gifts in action and then give you a short, short description and any questions that have come through for them uh, for those particular things so number one tongues tongues is an odd one I find um, so thinking about stories of it there's there are examples of it in the bible so um, when the spirit touches down on on the apostles in acts at the day of pentecost they, they start speaking in tongues and different people from all over the world that have come to Jerusalem at that time hear them talking in their language. That is, that's just not natural. That's supernatural. And um, that's one of the things that we see when, when, the, when tongues are being used, the ability to communicate beyond what is natural. Um, my, uh, my mother's grandmother um, actually turned to Christ having been in a meeting where she heard someone speaking tongues because she couldn't, she couldn't explain it. She couldn't say what was going on, but it actually started a desire in her to know who God was. Um, my, my dad was telling me this story when he was first learning to speak in tongues and the idea of bringing, bringing a tongue in a meeting and it got himself quite worked up by it. And he was kind of and building up his courage and, and he was getting there he's getting there and he had his eyes closed and then he, he launched out in his the tongue that he wanted to share for the church only to open his eye and realize that they closed up the meeting <laughs> but, um yeah it, it shows his his seriousness in which he wanted to participate and bring whatever god had got for him to bring so when we look at the scripture we talk we we see that tongues is there for us to communicate to God. It's a, it's a language that God gives us, an ability to communicate what's going on, on on the inside that kind of bypasses the brain, because the brain can sometimes get in the way. Talks about the tongues there to, to build us up, to strengthen us, to, to improve our interaction with God. And there is always the, the encouragement that, that Paul sets out in, in 1 Corinthians. Above all the gifts, we want to be seeking love. That's what we're going after. Um, it can be a sign to unbelievers, just like in my great grandmother's side uh, story. Um, the scripture encourages speaking in tongues. Um, Paul does make the distinction and look, when you're sharing publicly, it's more powerful if you're sharing prophetic words, you're saying what God is saying to us. Um, but if there is 
um, an opportunity. There is an expectation that we would all be able to speak in tongues. And it can be one of the signs of infilling. It's not the only sign. Um, some people have been filled with the spirit that don't speak in tongues and some people, um, so, so we shouldn't get caught up in, in using it to de determine if someone's been filled with the spirit or not. How do we get it? Pretty simple, you, you ask for it. In my personal experience, I had a few words which I thought were gibberish, but as I kind of practiced with those, it kind of it, it flowed out a little bit more and now I can speak in, in tongues when, whenever I want. Um, the, uh, so often we worry, well, am I just making it up? You don't, it doesn't really matter if your heart is towards God, let, let him do what he wants to do. Um, so that's a, a quick stories and definition. I didn't have any questions directly on tongues. So we move to the interpretation of tongues. Um, again, there's, there's not many examples of this in the Bible. I can actually find any. So if you find one, email me. I'd love to see it. Um, but my personal experience, I remember one Sunday morning, someone um, shared a tongue with the, with the church. And it was actually my mum that had an interpretation. And she, it was in the form of a song, just, just singing, Jesus, you are my friend. And it just led us into a, a new level of worship and expression um, at that time. And I, I saw, wow, there, there is a power to this thing. Um, so getting into the, the, the definition, if tongues are shared publicly in a meeting, it, it is to be interpreted. Um, and there's a difference between translation and interpretation. So translation is word for word. Interpretation is, is, has given you a sense of, of what's being said. And tongues are always what we are saying to God, not what God's saying to us. If it's about what God's saying to us, that's prophecy. But it's us communicating to God that we have in tongues. And it talks about in the Bible that it's by the Spirit. So it, it's not based on our calculation of, oh, this person probably would have said this. So that, that's probably what, what they mean in tongues. That, that's kind of bringing too much of us and our calculation into it. Now, some, some of you amongst us may remember times in our history where we found a real blessing in the, the gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues um, in the past. I think we've, we've got rusty in this particular gift. And uh, I think God's bringing it back to our attention because he wants to unlock something in it. When you read the scriptures, there is, there's a real uh, expectation and hope for, for tongues and, and the interpretation of tongues that I think we're yet to really unleash within our community. So I just think for us to be saying, God, is, is this something that you want to, you want to exercise me in. I, I want to be part of any way that you are pouring out your glory onto this earth. Um, Fatima has a question on interpretation of tongues. Uh, Fatima, you can unmute yourself yes. and ask. Thanks, Jamie. Um, the question, if, you, if we have the discerning of the Holy Spirit, does that raise our faith? Okay, you jumped onto the next one, Fatima. You got one before that. Um, if 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 we speak in tongues, can we interpret what we say? Okay, I'll um, give you that one. 
When I, I say give her that one, she's right. given them to me. I give them back to her for okay. today. I'm not planting questions. Yes, you can, you can, you can say that question, but I don't have it here. But yeah. Go okay. On. Right. Sorry, uh, my mistake. <laughs> All right. So Fatima had originally asked, if we speak in tongues, can we interpret what we say? It's possible. Um, it's usually that God gives the interpretation into someone else, but Scripture does imply it could it could happen either way. You could interpret it and then share it as well. Um, so that's interpretation of tongues. Right. Distinguishing of spirits. Um, so there's more stories about that that I can find in, in scriptures. So when you see Jesus um, with the Pharisees, he, he knew the basis of why they were asking their questions. And he was able to determine, therefore, how best to respond to them. That's part of distinguishing of, of spirits. Um, in Acts 16, we see um, Paul um, being followed by a fortune teller who's talking about um, all of uh, how, how good he is. But even Paul realized that that was coming from an evil spirit and was able to turn around and deal with that. Um, in the story of Joshua, when uh, Israel had first gone into the land, they realized that they, they didn't take time to to distinguish the where this tribe had come from and they made peace with this tribe which they needed to send packing um, so there was a failure uh, to distinguish between the spirits in there my dad was telling me a story where he um, met this other uh, christian leader and he said it's just like a chill went down my spine there was something about them and what what they were coming from that i knew i didn't want to make any kind of deals or, or agreements with this guy. And even when we've talked about the spirit of the age, there, there is a need to be able to distinguish between the spirit that we see within, this, within the world around us. What do we end up agreeing with that we shouldn't be agreeing with or disagreeing that we should be agreeing with? And that's where the gift of this, the distinguishing of spirits really helps us. And so... Looking at what the Bible says, there, there is clear scriptural basis that we are living in a world that has spirits of evil and good nature coming around. Um, you look in Revelations 13, you, you see how the, the enemy likes to try and dress itself up to look like a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. There is something in this world that wants to try and um, get us on side by trying to deceive us. And that's where we need the spirit of God um, to be able to distinguish. We can end up giving ourselves over by free choice to a spirit that ends up, ends up picking up momentum. We can make a covenant. We can make an agreement with lies that now cause us to behave differently. We can't just choose a different behavior because we've actually agreed with something of a spiritual nature that has has a momentum with it. And in order for that to happen, we need to um, reestablish God's rule over our lives. We have to make a break from those things to be able to live differently. In Mark 5, we see the story of a demonized man who could, could not be bound. He was out of control. But it was by coming back into relationship with Jesus that they that villagers came and found him back in his right mind again. 
Um, when I was at university, we, we looked at this uh, experiment called the Stanford Prison Experiment. They've made a movie about it, but um, the idea was they, they got some students and they had some of them be prison guards and some of them be prisoners. And these are normal colleagues. They would have worked together before and they were now put into this situation where some of them had to be the authority and some of them be the subordinates. They actually had to call off the experiment because these there was a spirit that picked up momentum inside these guys that were the prison guards where they were actually getting into torturing their, their, their colleagues. And sometimes you see this stuff happen and you think, wow, how could that have happened? You look at things like the Holocaust, how could people have participated in that? And you realize, though there was personal choice, there was a momentum or a current that picked me up and took me further than I thought I could do. And sometimes you might realize in yourself, you think, how did I end up doing such a thing? Where did that come from? I'm normally a reasonable person. And so what, what we see with this, this, in the way that Jesus dealt with the Pharisees and how we need to deal with the spirit of the age, sometimes it seems like a reasonable request, but it can actually come from an unreasonable spirit. And so we need the, the, the gift to be able to discern those things. Fatima, you've got some questions on the back of distinguishing of spirits. Oh, you're still muted. Just check again what you sent me, Jamie. So, Jamie, so you did send me that question, I apologize. Um, moving back, um, should I start from the first question I asked you earlier or next yes, one? Please. If we have the discernment of the Holy Spirit, does that raise our faith? Okay. No, because faith comes from hearing God's word. It doesn't come from our track record of exercising the gift. We might have had no experience before, but it's, it's the word of God that brings faith. Next. Yes. Uh, how can we have the gift of discerning? Again, I, I wish it was more complicated. Asking. We just ask, God, if this is what you're doing in my life, I want to be part of it. Have your way with me. Can everyone have the gift of discerning? Yes. Yes, everyone can have the gift. Um, when you read the scripture, it does seem like God spreads them out a little bit. Uh, to, to this one, the Spirit gives this. To this one, the Spirit gives that. But um, yes, all, all, all are able to, to have this gift. The last question is, how do we know if the power comes from God and not from other spirits? Okay. I don't believe that God would allow the enemy to hijack our request that we're asking in line with, with his, his, uh, his desire that he puts in us. And so um, a, a good question is, does this put God's attributes on display? Does it glorify God? And that, that's a good indicator. So thank you for those questions, Fatima. Um, I've run out of time to, to have the questions that we put over from last week again. So I'm sorry, we will, we will pick you up next week. Um, so sorry about that. But just in, in conclusion, we're, we're looking at this stuff. We're looking at the, the amazing gifts of the spirit because God wants this world to know him. He wants to fill this world with his glory. And 
operating in the gifts and operating in supernatural is a completely reasonable way for God to do that. So we want to be people that are saying, God, I want to be part of your mission to get your glory to this earth in whatever way I can. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk, or Twitter at lifelineuk. Thank you.